0: Welcome into the Baseball Insiders Live on a Monday afternoon. I am Adam Weinerb alongside fanside MLB insider Robert Murray. The dust is settling from the trade deadline. Two weeks in. We've got more data, and it's beginning to look a lot like dark horse season. What is up, man?
1: Not much, man. Well, lots is, lots is going on in baseball right now. Hopefully, I'm working on a scoop right now that I'm hoping that can end up going live with by the end of the day it's actually a pretty sizable scoop so stay tuned there um but yeah adam how are you doing
0: i'm good enough i'm good enough uh yeah we're we're still in we're firmly still in scoop season uh robert murray scoop season does not end at the trade deadline and i think that's important for everybody who's thinking about joining the discord channel becoming a member to remember there is still chatter to be had in there in august september All you have to do is become a member along with us on the YouTube channel. If you're a subscriber already, thank you so much. Just hit that membership button, join up, and uh, join the conversation. Only 99 cents a month. We also are brought to you today by Bet365. Got a unique code for baseball fans if you have not yet joined. We got a sports betting promo for you. If you are a new user, all you have to do is deposit $10, place a $1 wager on any sport. You will instantly receive $200 added to your account. In bonus bets, whether you win or lose, all you have to do is use the code baseball in at sign up. That is baseball in, like baseball insiders, but but in. If you use it, you not only receive the 200 dollars in bonuses, but you will also be directly supporting the podcast. If you have not signed up for bet 365, join with the code baseball in and place that first bet. This offer is available for new customers who are 21+, plus, physically present, most legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. And that is especially potent today because I kind of feel like I have a bet that I would like to place on the AL wildcard race that does not involve the current third wildcard. Is that fair?
1: That I think, yeah, I'll tell you, man. This The third wildcard... Is adding so many different layers to this thing because we got so many different dark horses that we have going on right now. Like, I know we're going to get into that in a little bit here, but um, should I just dive right into it? What do you think? Let's,
0: yeah, let's go right in because we want to obviously be talking about teams. That, I mean, at this point, we know most of the playoff teams or at least the division winners, we, we hope, but of course, a lot of these wild card spots are up for grabs. Certainly in the American League, that third one is a battleground it's meat on the floor with a bunch of teams tearing it apart the nl is all over the place but in the american league i frankly you know, we're, we're talking about dark horses that we think could potentially make runs once they sneak in there not just dark horses to make the playoffs uh all that being said uh, the toronto blue jays have owned that third wildcard spot in the al for so long that i want to tilt the conversation of the seattle mariners because forget the last two games <laughs> Against the O's, forget the Cedric Mullins clutch catch, forget the Dominic zone game-tying home run. If you were not watching that game, you missed something special. Uh, same with the Saturday night game, the King Felix game that they also lost, got edged by the O's in extra innings. There's no harm in being edged by the Orioles. The Mariners got to be a little dispirited by that. But I honestly, I think I'm more confident right now in the Mariners stealing that final spot than I am in Toronto holding on to it.
1: Yeah, I am right there with you on that, and like I will add the disclaimer is like it seems like the Mariners are probably among the most unpredictable teams in baseball because when you think they're going to do good, (laughs) uh, they kind of go in the wrong they go in the opposite direction, and if they end up selling at the deadline like they did, they traded their their stud closer. They somehow won on a run here. They're eight and two in their last uh, ten games here, and they're only one and a half games back in the wild card, and they look like a team that is clicking at the right time. They look like a team that uh, can easily overtake uh, the Toronto Blue Jays there. I don't think they're going to be able to touch either the the Astros or the Rangers by any means, but um, they have the look of a team that could end up getting into the postseason, and considering who they have in the rotation and the pieces they have on offense, you can't rule anything out with them. That is a very scary team uh, in the wild card spot there, Um, so I'm a firm believer in the Mariners, and the Blue Jays should be looking over their shoulders quite a bit here because the last how many games we got left? Like fifty or so.
0: Um, I mean, we're now at like forty-four for most 44? Of the games. Yeah,
1: yeah, the last forty-four games, they got to be looking over their shoulder because the Mariners' objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. Let's just say that.
0: And I do not believe in the Blue Jays. I haven't believed in the Blue Jays for quite a long time. That's why, obviously, burner. I'm not going to take your bait and say I believe in the stupid New York Yankees and the dumbasses in favor of them. Uh, but it was, as Aaron Boone likes to say, it really was right out there in front of them. If they wanted to play competently or, ex- hey, what if they wanted to excel? That might have been interesting. No, but if they just wanted to play competently for the last month and a half, they, they truly would be licking at the Blue Jays' heels who can't seem to. They do go sweep a series at Fenway last weekend. But other than that, Toronto has not gotten in gear for any of these big series this year. They were 7-21 against the AL East before that Red Sox series. They were right there to fall off the playoff map entirely. And somehow they've still managed to kick around. And the Mariners are the first team to really threaten to take their lunch in a while.
1: Oh, absolutely. And like I'll tell you, the Yankees' collapse here is – I can't get over it. I know you watch the Yankees very closely considering that's your team and you are right about them every day. Um, It's still mind-boggling to see this Yankees team this bad. You're hearing the fire boon. You're hearing the fire Cashman chants. That roster construction is just a total mess. And in order to get themselves back into contention – uh it's going it, to this isn't a one year fix for the Yankees this is a multi year fix because that payroll situation is in a lot of trouble especially with these contracts like Giancarlo Stanton with Carlos Rodon i mean Rodon this year's been it's it's not looked good this year it's been it's not good uh but i think the next 5 years has a shot to be uh a shot to be better but um the peril situation all around is just a total mess and um i'll tell you man like and also if you want to go to the, the blue jays here for a second oh yeah they they're one of their big or two of their big moves were trading t Oscar hernandez and then getting dalton varsho yep. um from the arizona diamondbacks i thought that was going to make them meaningfully better i thought that was going to end up being a move that would put them over over the hump and maybe even, like even vault them atop the division It's not worked out that way, and um, they're they're in danger of getting passed here by. I mean, you even look, Mariners are one and a half games back. Boston's only three games back. I know we're getting. We will talk about it in a little bit, but the Angels, holy cow, dude, that's. We think the Yankees are bad. The Angels are somehow worse. Um, But yeah, right now it looks like the Mariners and the Blue Jays are in the driver's seat for that last three for that last uh, third seed in the postseason for the wild card.
0: Yeah, and the Red Sox would be right there if they had not gotten swept by the Blue Jays last weekend because their upcoming sketch after that Blue Jays series, they played, I don't know how, who did this? Who did this, fam? I don't know, not me, but the Red Sox had four at home against the Royals, three at home against the Tigers. They go to the Nationals for three. And then they go face the reeling Yankees on the road for three. And Justin just commented like, Yankees yeah, play in Atlanta and at home for Boston. Good luck with that. I don't think Boston is like that level of, of terrifying, but I do think the Yankees are that level of incompetent where like you could plop them right in there with the nationals and tigers at this point, that's four series in a row where the Red Sox could just kick their feet up and get fat so far. So fine. They went five and two against Detroit and KC at home, but losing, getting swept in that Toronto series. It didn't end their season, but it no. made it a lot harder when they could have had a really easy just vault in a playoff position here.
1: Oh, absolutely. And like, I'll tell you the fact that we can even lump the Yankees into those, those bottom-dwelling teams, it shows just how far they've fallen. And they, that is a team that has to ask themselves some really difficult questions in the offseason. And do they move on from Boone? Do they move on from Cashman? I know like, they're a team that is very patient, especially when it comes to the general manager position because Cashman's been there for almost as long as I've been alive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mentioned on a previous podcast, and I'll mention it again, Theo Epstein had a rule, the, the 10-year rule. You would not be with an organization for longer than 10 years because your ideas can kind of get stale. I feel like the Yankees' roster is the epitome of that. Like they, That roster is just... They, they need a new voice, and um, maybe they end up going in a different route where they allow Cashman to step down on his terms so they don't technically fire him. That's just me speculating. That's just a thought in my head. I have not heard that by any means, but um, it's it's become increasingly obvious they need a new voice at the top who's going to end up getting that roster in a much better position because right now it's a complete mess and it feels like a, just a failure of a season, and it absolutely is.
0: Brian Cashman, as far as I've heard, has a 38-year rule, so I think we're 11 <laughs> years away from maybe he'll step down in in 2020 uh, 2034. Uh, we'll oh God! See. But uh, yeah, I
1: feel like Yankees fans might end up uh, setting the yeah setting the steam
0: on fire if that happens. I think I mean yeah, obviously, Burn, I won't talk Yankees too much, but in, in terms of how to fix them, we're doing offseason plans on this. Hey, we'll keep doing them because we'll try. But it all boils down to somebody's going to want to somebody's going to have to be the 2012 Dodgers to the Yankees 2012 Red Sox and take Stanton's money in exchange for some exciting prospect it's, it's no fun um and I will be continuing to write and talk about the Yankees forever and I do think you're right I think Aaron Boone is probably a scapegoat after this season and I don't think I don't think they get meaningfully worse after firing Aaron Boone but I also don't think it really solves the root cause here
1: I'm I'm in total agreement with you there. Cause there's there's gotta be a scapegoat after this season. Like it's there's no way there's not. The season's been that much of a failure. I know there are two games over 500 right now, They're sixty and fifty-eight, but you, you there's gotta be there's gotta be some sort of change. You can't go into next season with the same exact setup that they have, because that would the fans would not allow that to happen. Like they would they would revolt. Um that might be a little bit strong, but you get the idea.
0: Oh, I mean September's gonna be funky. I not to – uh For everyone listening to this show who hates the Yankees, Uh, I'm going to give you a date to keep in mind. September 9th, it's Yankees Old Timers Day. Derek Jeter is coming back for the first time. They're honoring the 1998 Yankees. They are not playing an old-timers game. Aaron Boone is going to be part of those festivities. That reception should be fun. Brian Cashman, probably not going to show his face that day. Al Steinbrenner, maybe not going to come out and give a speech. Like A lot of really awkward, uncomfortable things could happen in the Yankees. On September 9th. So all of you not planning to watch the Yankees that day, I recommend you do it. Um, the only other thing I want to say before the blue before we move on about hotter teams and the blue jays, because it's in my contract that if I shit talk the Yankees, I have to shit talk the Blue Jays for an equal amount of time. Um, the Dalton varsho trade, I didn't think Dalton Varsho was going to be this bad. And he had a huge day the other day, but other than that, at 644 OPS, the metrics are bottom of the barrel, bottom tier. At the time, though, I did think that there was a better use of Gabriel Moreno as a trade chip, maybe pitching, uh, you know, there there were enough people who I thought could do what Dalton Varsho did. And and I had to deal with a lot of Blue Jays fans telling me, you don't get it. The metrics are wrong. He bunts for hits. They move the fences in like he's going to pull 15 more homers in Toronto. And that just has not happened. So I, I understand that line of thinking, but that has not materialized at all. Meanwhile, you get rid of Gurriel, you get rid of Teoscar. You're, you're taking offense away, adding defense, hoping that the defense will be so good it can mask that lack of offense. It hasn't been. And they're hoping Varsho hits some homers, and he hasn't.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you, because I'm glad you mentioned uh, Gurriel Jr. in that, because that trade was it was Gurriel Jr. and Gabriel Moreno for Dalton Varsho. And at Gurriel, his numbers have been better than Varsho's. I mean, he's hitting – he's hitting like 19 homers this year, 63 RBI, 103 hits. Like, I mean, he's been good. He's been really good. And, and Marino, like he looks, he, he's got the shot to be a very good catcher, uh, long-term and, and has a shot to be their, uh, their long-term answer, uh, at catcher. And it's also here's with, uh, with Carson Kelly getting DFA, would by the way, I can also provide this tidbit. Mm-hmm. So I I've kind of alluded to it on previous shows, but there was a very real scenario in which the uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates were going to be trading Austin Hedges to the Arizona Diamondbacks, and that a deal was close, um, but Arizona needed to trade Carson Kelly elsewhere first. Did not find a taker. Um, obviously, Hedges was eventually traded to Texas, but um, yeah, that, that was that was something that I had in my drafts. So I was ready for the go text, but um, yeah, that was. That was one of the deals that did not happen at the deadline because they did not find a taker for Carson Kelly.
0: Yeah, I assume that the news that you're working on today is a little bit bigger than an Austin Hedges maneuver.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's not an extension. I can, I can provide that. It's not an extension. It's not a call up. It is something different than that. And it's Very it good. is. Uh, yeah, it's pretty big news. I'm not going to lie.
0: Well, we'll have to stay tuned for that because the rest of the weekend honestly made me want to never think about baseball again. And yet here I am on this beautiful Monday. And I'm glad I'm here uh, with all of you though. Uh yeah, Eric in the comments, uh, you got the firestorm going. The Blue Jays fans hated the article that I that I wrote about Dalton Varsho. And to be honest, yeah, I'm not sure why I wrote about Dalton Varshow on EXTOYRD.com, but you know what? It got the uh, got the people going. And uh Justin, yes, Guriel, free agent task, your free agent, totally get that, but yeah. They are saying we're taking our free agent sluggers, we're turning them into controllable defense-first pieces, and whatever needed to be done to get Varsho's offense to a place where it could actively replace those people, then that th- they didn't do that.
1: Yeah, and uh, Josh W, um, I'm I'm curious what you mean by this one. Uh, I think by that Josh,
0: are you guessing at potential news, whatever's going on here? I think that I think Josh is guessing at what we're gonna break today.
1: Oh, oh, yeah, oh oh yeah, okay, there we go. Uh, it is it is not that. I can I can confidently tell you this is not Craig Co related. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess stay tuned to my Twitter account. Having yeah. tweet notifications on may not be the worst thing.
0: No, today is the day. If you didn't have them already, today is the day. Um, I want to talk about the rest of the AOS too because uh, the graphics are going around uh, pinging sort of, you know, it, it you can't say the Mariners are hot without also saying, uh, wait, the Astros and the Rangers are also extremely hot, right? Like the, the, the three hottest teams in baseball since the deadline reside out there. And then so does uh, the Angels. They also exist. And we'll talk about them in a bit. But the Rangers and Astros have leveled up um, as may be expected, especially when the Rangers reinforce that rotation and the Astros, uh, you know, bring defending champion pedigree and somehow get two homer games out of John Singleton, the other day why couldn't he have done that in any other uniform I don't know but good for him um the question I wanted to pose though because it's no real surprise saying oh the Astros are hot oh the Rangers are hot uh watching the Rangers play this stretch run perfectly and turn August momentum into hopefully September you know firestorm heading into October Bruce Bochi is maybe the manager I trust the most to guide my team entering this postseason and so I pose is Bruce Bochy the best remaining manager in the AL or NL playoff fields? I kind of feel like he is.
1: He is. I mean, you look at that postseason pedigree. I mean, he, that, that speaks for itself. And I, I think he is absolutely the best manager re- remaining in this postseason race. And um, I remember when the when the Rangers were looking for a manager, I had somebody who has been around Bochy for years Tell me that Bochi was the best man for that job because this was not a Tony Larusa situation at all. Bochi was obviously a couple of years removed from being in baseball as a manager, um, but he's as player friendly. He's as um, he's just a, a really good guide for like both players and coaches. And it's they thought it was going to be the perfect blend, and it has worked out exactly that way. Uh, he's been just a master. Um, and he's basically done everything that they had hoped that Chris Woodward would do. Um, obviously it didn't work out with Woodward and they wanted a guy who's, who had experience. Like they specifically targeted a guy with experience um, guy who was really good with players uh, was had postseason experience as well and a winning manager and that Bochy checked off all the boxes and they're reaping the rewards of it. Now, how long he's going to be the manager there? Don't know. He's obviously up there in age. Um, But for this year, at least, he has been everything they could have hoped for. And that's why they're one of the best teams in baseball and one of the teams that has a legit shot of making it to the World Series.
0: It is funny that he got the itch, though. Like You know, obviously, a burner brings up an interesting point that you don't often see this in baseball, where the manager leaves the home where he's very comfortable with, resurfaces years later it's not like bochi went into tv like he didn't pull a sean payton or a bill cower like these nfl coaches who everyone's always like oh they'll get back in the league and sean payton took like one freaking year and then sat back and just let the bad jobs come to him i don't think i saw bochi coming back and next summer is the year when the hall of fame modern managers ballot is its managers and umpires next year and so a lot of the chatter is like jim leland will get in Joe West, people were talking about. like It felt like Boji could maybe be in the Hall of Fame next summer, and instead he's guiding an AL favorite. Like, very unexpected.
1: Uh, Extremely unexpected. I thought when he left San Francisco, I thought it was going to be done. Um, That was my personal thought. And if he was done, he'd be entering the Hall of Fame. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind. He'll be be entering the Hall of Fame eventually. I I think there's no questions about that whatsoever. Um, But, man, I'll tell you, this – his resume was already really strong uh, before this, and then if he guides them to the World Series and they win it in his first year, um, that'd be that'd be pretty damn impressive. I'm not gonna lie, and we'd be talking like I mean I, I hesitate even making this comparison because I mean this is a pretty lofty one, but is he baseball's version of like a Greg Popovich? I think he's. I mean obviously different styles but like in terms of career success and just how like loved and respected they are it kind of feels similar in that regard.
0: Yeah, Bochi's interesting to me because I wanted to compare him to like an Andy Reid where like you just won't hear a bad word about him but Yeah, that
1: was my other comp, that was my other cop in my head too.
0: But it, go it Birds did... by the way. Yeah, go Birds. It it did take Andy Reid a long time though like when he was the Eagles coach it was like man this guy can't get over the hump. Bochi kind of just Was an excellent manager in San Diego. I don't think anybody expected the Padres to become some sort of dynasty. So winning the NL that one year was kind of like, all right, tip of the cap. Um, But then couldn't ask for more steadiness in San Francisco. Breaks a long drought there. Wins, wins, wins. Like, never stops. That's where I think Popovich is apt to me, especially if he does it again this year. Because then it's like, it feels like he's Pop and Dusty Baker is Andy Reid a little bit. Where everybody yep. agreed, like we love this guy, but like, eh, yep. no ring. And then now that has changed.
1: I think that that comp that those comps are spot on. I think, yeah, I think we couldn't have we could not have drawn those up any better. So, um, yeah, good, good work by you because I would have not I would have not comp Dusty Baker and Andy Reid, but like that that works. That absolutely. I works. The
0: plane, I you you put the plane in the air. I just landed the plane.
1: There you know what? Hey, it's a team teamwork makes a dream work, as they say. We we love to see it
0: yeah planes famously have two pilots like co-pilot is a word so that's true uh brandon in the comments uh if the angels do want to hire some experienced manager uh the man who just guided the 2019 yankees to 103 wins is probably on the table if you want to give aaron moon a (laughs) look-see
1: yeah (laughs) i'll tell you they uh I think a veteran manager there would be really good. I, I don't know necessarily who they would be able to target, but um, I mean, Bochy would have been perfect for them. But that being said, that that team is that's going to be a team in transition next year because they're at the way they're trending right now. Shohei Otani will not be there. Um, they're going to be losing a lot of free agents too. Um, it's it's going to end up being slim pickings, um, and that could end up being. Not a highly coveted job. So I'm I'm curious to see exactly who they'd be able to attract if they do move on from Phil Nevin.
0: Yeah, I got it. we we want to talk about the Angels because the wheels were already falling off the last time we had a show and now the wheels are you wanna talk about a team that can't land a plane? There's no wheels on that plane. Like people are blaming who who cursed who cursed this team, right? We don't know. It could be Drake who wore Shohei Otani's jersey, although Otani did Homer yesterday, so the Drake curse has been temporarily averted good for them Artie Moreno when he pulled the team off the market if he had only sold something tells me that the next owner might have been more willing to trade Shohei Otani at this year's deadline but instead he said no and so everybody said no Billy Epler all the way from New York every franchise he's touched seems to smell the Angels Mets and Yankees all quite stinky Anthony Rendon where is he By the way, did they build this new stadium on a Mike Trout's prime burial ground? I I don't know. After an offseason where we talked about, like, oh, who's more disappointing? The Padres, the Mets. Like, it's very sad. It's before we just crap all over the Angels, like, it is sad to me that who went for it this offseason? The Mets, expensive failure. The Padres, biggest difference between Pythagorean record and actual record, and just a stunning inability to close games. And they should be. 12 over and they're under 500 those teams are already being dumped on and then who who went for it at the deadline the angels they went crazy should they have i don't know but it made their fans feel good for two days and now they're this so three in a row teams that went for it to energize the fan base have ended up in this pile
1: yeah they're i'll tell you long term there might not be a team if otani does leave that is going to be in a worse shape than the angels they they're going to be a hurting soul uh, because they would, I mean, at this point, let's, let's envision all their guys on expiring contracts are going to be gone. So that's Otani. That is Giolito, That is Mike Moustakas. That's Eduardo Escobar. Uh, It's some of the relievers they acquired at the deadline too. It's a lot of people. Obviously they're still going to have Mike Trout. So they're going to have some star power there. Um, They're going to have Logan Ohoppy. They're going to have, um, I mean, there's a few guys, but, overall, like the talent on that team is going to be hurting. And you wonder exactly how Perry Manassian is going to be able to, um, to overcome that because it would appear like he, he's a very intelligent executive. He's very smart. He's spent significant time around Alex Anthopoulos and knows how to build an organization. You wonder how much of their deadline plan was influenced by Artie Marino. And, um, had he had it his way, I, I wonder if he would have traded a guy like Otani or if he would have ended up doing what, what necessarily he would have done. But um, that team overall is in a really tough spot um, if they miss the postseason this year. And that's exactly the way it's trending and could end up being like the worst outlook for a team in baseball. It's it's it's, it's bad. It's really, really, really bad.
0: I mean you want me to twist the knife in deeper like guess which team uncovered Michael Lorenzen the starter last year the Angels guess guess who's the most impactful deadline addition in a deadline where the Angels went all in it's either Michael Lorenzen or it's Lance Lynn like and I think we we can wrap on giving love to these two surging teams but the Phillies have potentially the best vibes in the National League right now only rivaled By the 71 and 46 Los Angeles Dodgers who went out of the deadline, Lynn was their primary target and is by far, you know, Lorenzen and Lynn are the two biggest difference makers that anyone has acquired. We should have seen that coming in LA, but for some reason, I think a lot, it was either begrudging nods, like "Mm, they did it again, or people being like, all right, Dodgers, let's see you turn around this six and a half ERA guy with bad peripherals. And then the Dodgers were like, no problem. We already figured it out. We, we like knew what we were going to do before we even got him. So there you go.
1: It's freaking crazy. Like th- I'll tell you this year, the Dodgers, they're basically, they've been the Kings of, of getting these pitchers who have struggled elsewhere and turning them into like impactful guys. They've done it with a few bullpen pieces and they acquired like I remember specifically at the deadline, this was like a week beforehand. And I had somebody who was very wise with a different team tell me that he heard, that Lance Lynn was the Dodgers' number one target. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I filed that away. And then a couple days before the deadline, I heard the same exact thing. And then I heard that the Dodgers were trying to acquire both Lynn and Joe Kelly from the White Sox. And instantly, it's just like, this is they're trying to do it again. And obviously, Kelly was just placed on the injury list. You can't really control that. Yeah. Um, but Lance Lynn, he looks like a totally different pitcher since he ended up going to L.A., And they've tweaked some different things with his pitch mix, and it's been extremely effective. And he's somebody who has shown the ability to eat plenty of quality innings in years past, and that's something they absolutely needed. Their their bullpen was in a pretty difficult position uh, throughout most of the year. They needed another starting pitcher who was capable of eating eating innings, and Lynn has basically allowed them to – replenish rotation but also take some of the pressure off the bullpen and it has worked out masterfully and i know the dodgers got a lot of shit at the deadline from myself included for not getting one of the top pitchers like eduardo rodriguez or uh, lucas g um but andrew freeman at this point deserves the benefit of the doubt and it's worked out beautifully because it also like their their lack of offseason moves and also their their moves at the deadline maintained plenty of flexibility, both in the short and long term, for them to pursue Shohei Ohtani. And if they're I'll tell you, if they win the World Series this year and then add Ohtani, wow, that uh, would be pretty damn good. And there's there's a there's a real shot that happens
0: if they win the World Series this year with Justin Turner watching from Boston. What a bizarre like. Couldn't celebrate with them in 2020, wouldn't be able to celebrate with them this time either. Like, what a weird little symbolic thing that could happen.
1: Extremely. And I'll tell you, like, I'll even a- I'll answer this question from Justin. Yeah. Is what do you see LA doing next offseason other than Otani? I don't even know if the Dodgers know that at this point. They it's gonna be an all out like they're they're gonna go all in for Otani. Um they covet Otani, they love Otani. Who doesn't love Shoy Otani? But the Dodgers love Otani. And he determines everything that they do. Um, so basically, their, their plan is Otani, and I can't blame them.
0: As Prize Picks Poppy asked, though, any chance they pick up that Lynn option if he does finish wow. out the year flaming, or maybe decline it and just argue, argue, go, go into the room and pitch something else? Because obviously, there's a fit here.
1: Oh, there absolutely is a fit, and I wonder if they can end up doing. Maybe like ripping up that deal, um, and then doing like a more team friendly ish two year contract right. um, or a multi year contract. Um, I don't know, but that if, if he succeeds, if he continues this play, um, it would not surprise me at all if they try to bring him back. I think that, and he clearly likes likes being in LA because um, you know, I'm not allowed to say that, but <laughs> um, he he wanted to be in LA. Let, let me just leave it at that.
0: Well, he got his wish, and uh, obviously a burner might have to eat a shoe at the end of of these proceedings. Uh, I understand AL is fearsome, for sure. It's a gauntlet, but kind of sneakily, without the Mets, without the Padres, the National League has the Braves for us, the Braves lineup, the 1927 Yankees-esque Braves lineup. These Dodgers with a mysterious rotation and confusing bullpen and still a young lineup that's managed to get them here – and the Philadelphia Phillies, the reigning NL champions are all vibes team that we've talked about in the last couple of shows. We're going to talk about again, to, like we mentioned them again today. Um, I'm extremely confident. In and I don't know why you wouldn't be entering the postseason in Philadelphia. Like you believe in that team if you're in Philly. Well,
1: I, I believe in that team and I'm not in Philly. Yeah. And I'll tell you that that team, I, I told you this as soon as the standing ovation happened, that that will change Trey Turner's season. It will change the Philadelphia Phillies this season. And they look – they've got the feel of the team that charges late at the end of the season and makes a deep postseason run because they got Trey Turner, who I'm convinced when he is like at his best, when he's on, he is – arguably the best shortstop in baseball. And he's looking exactly like that player again. He's looking like the guy who performed in the world baseball classic, who just was tearing it up. Um, And then they got Michael Lorenzen, who's pitched what 17 innings and two starts with the Phillies, including a no hitter. Pretty damn good. Um, They have, uh, they have the feel. And if there's ever a team that could surprise and make the postseason or, and there's, if there's ever a team who could surprise make the postseason and then make the world series, kind of feels like the Phillies right now.
0: Trey Turner did just go uh, over the weekend in that Minnesota series, which the Phillies did not win. Uh, he went seven for 12 past seven games, 13 for 27, batting 481 last 15 games on the board, 317 with a 533 slugging. And, and as our producer, Sean Daly mentions in the week after the ovation specifically triple slash three seventy, 741, two bombs, four doubles, eight ribs. That's, Elite production. It's got a season OPS over 700. If you're not paying attention, you should be. Although, yeah, good for the twins. Good for Sonny Gray, who who did kind of dominate the Phillies over the weekend. Thanks to a terrible inner third Alec Boehm strike three with the base.
1: Yeah. I'll tell you, man, dude, that was bad. That was really, really
0: real bad.
1: bad. Yeah. I watched that and it's like those guys have better self-restraint than I did or than I would, because I would have been freaking livid. Um, yeah, that's. I'll tell you, that was that was bad, and it, it cost them. They, they had a couple of calls in those, in those, uh, in that home stand there that that influenced games. And I, I am not a guy who typically puts any blame whatsoever on officials or umpires, referees, you name it. Um, but that one, they absolutely had a reason to gripe because that was just, that was, a blatantly just brutal call.
0: I do love the classic bat spike though. Just like you're walking away. You don't think you think it's gonna get called because you know the zone he's calling, but you're like, it's clearly not a strike. So maybe he won't. Then you hear him start to raise that arm up and you're like, All right, there we go. I'm done for I got nothing else to do. I'm just gonna throw my bat on the floor.
1: (sighs) No, exactly. And uh, hang on, I got um I gotta I gotta uh, I'll, I'll, I'll wait. I'll sign uh, us I'll off wait a little bit. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'll sign yeah. us
0: off. Let's get out of here. Uh, yeah, I
1: got, I, got to, I got to tend to this. This yeah, is good. This is urgent.
0: Mute yourself. I will sign us off. It's been a great show. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. That's the kind of chaos that can occur on The Baseball Insiders at any moment. It can also occur in the Discord channel. If you have not joined us yet, we highly recommend it. Robert tweeted the link earlier today. You had your tweet notifications on in the same way that he asked. If you maybe wanted to put them on today you would you find that link as well we'd love if you join up with us thanks everybody for joining the stream great conversation as always the offer sponsoring this episode is still from bet365 uh that code of course is baseball in right at sign up if you're a new user that full terms in are in the episode description for those of you who miss it so if you're a new user join us there on bet365 join us on the discord join us on the show every monday thursday 3 30 eastern we are going to have this kind of discourse twice a week and also in the discord between shows y'all are the best i appreciate you so much i appreciate our producer sean daly so much i know robert appreciates you as well but sometimes it go mode uh thank you everybody for joining us though this was another great episode thanks for taking us to the finish line and we will see you again later in the week goodbye everybody